Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. Disney fans, it's Matt with the DPI Podcast, and we have a really large show for you tonight. Um, if you weren't with us on Thursday, you missed the fireworks. You suck. Maybe you should join us. Uh, <laughs> but we got a lot going on today. Um, we got Peter with Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel that's going to be with us. Um, and we've got a whole slew of new followers on the page. Um, so before I get over to Peter, let's go through this list. Mike Brown, Joseph Cachalua, Taishra Silva, uh, Eichel Gems, which is my friend over on Twitter. And if you want um, somebody that's going to support content creators and just absolutely loves Disney, go over, give her a follow because she is great when it comes to uh, helping out the community and getting the word out about who's doing what and sharing and just being a positive force over on Twitter. Um, Callie Sherwood, Jeremy Drew, Andres Cruz, Paola Rojas, Lori Vicuse, Abby Shuck, Christy Freed. Um, like I said, 
long list. Thank you all for following, um, liking the page. Hopefully you jump on, check out the stream, let us know what you think. Um, and let us know if there's anything you want us to do um, as far as planning and getting yourself ready for the parks. Because that is our forte. And you'll kind of see with how we tailor the news and everything like that, that that's really what we want to do is help you enjoy the parks as much as possible. Whether it's through content that we create or actually helping you plan vacations to where you get the best experience that you can possibly have at Walt Disney World. Um, or Disneyland, or a Disney Cruise, or, um, hell, we're going to talk about Disney Paris today. Disney Paris. Uh, <laughs> Peter's, Peter's giving me the wide eyes over on the other screen. So real quick, let's bring on Peter from Princesses in the Mouse Disney Travel, and let's talk some Disney news. Peter, how you doing tonight? Doing well. How are you? I am doing well. All the cameras are working. I don't even know what to do. I mean, this is like, I think Give it's it because time. my family isn't here. I'm going to blame it on them. I, I think Give it they time. Screw- Give it time. <laughs> I think they screw up all my stream. It really could be. Yeah. If they're streaming downstairs and kids are on iPads. They aren't though. And that's, that's the weird thing is they really aren't. Um, so lots of news, lots of news. Let's start with, um, Last week, Disney brings back fireworks to the parks. Um, We've got fireworks at Disneyland. We've got fireworks at the Magic Kingdom. And we've got fireworks at Epcot now. Um, It's a great start, but we still have a ways to go as far as getting everything back. Um, what, What are your thoughts right now? Well, Thursday night was absolutely magical. Um... We tuned in live, uh, you know, through this. And then obviously, if you were watching the show, I joined a little ways in after um, being a live viewer just to watch the fireworks and and get that stream. And um, it was just awesome. As they were starting, I go, you know who would love this? And I, like, ran upstairs and grabbed my six-year-old out of bed, Addison, and said, hey, you want to watch this with us? And she's like, is this at Disney? And then it was it was cute because when the fireworks were ending, she goes, Daddy, this was great, but it just made me miss Disney. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I get it. I get it. Um, you know, but we'll be going back here in, uh, in a few short months. So uh, we'll, get, we'll get back down there. And I can't wait to see the fireworks. And I really, it was cool to see those shows. But as you and I kind of talked about, we've seen those shows before. We've seen them a handful of times, in fact. And so, you know, Epcot Forever was always a placeholder, so I can't wait to see Harmonious. And with October 1st looming large, I can't wait to see the brand new show with the full projection of Main Street at Magic Kingdom as well. So that they're both going to be fantastic. And uh, when we go back, we're going to have the ability to see those new things. Um, You did kind of mention sort of a loaded statement about, you know, things are, are coming back and we're just sort of, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, other good news this last week. I can't remember if we talked about it or not, but um, Disney did announce that dining plans will be returning. They just don't have a distinct timeline because they still don't feel like the restaurants are at the capacity that they need them to be. They need more restaurants open and they need restaurants doing more reservations 
and bringing back some of those socially distanced tables that are currently gone and um, getting some more health back in there as well. Because that's the other thing we forget when we go, Disney is still operating on a very skeleton crew um, yeah. for, for really what Disney would put in uniform on a daily basis. They are running on a skeleton crew. And that's, that's going to be helped here in the short term. Um, they did have that first college program class go through orientation. They've got their next one coming in this month. So um, two college program classes. You're talking, you know, 100 to 300 additional employees. Um, if you saw anything on the Disney website about this was one of the largest orientation classes that they have ever had, which is kind of wild to think about. You know, it's not like they've, you know, added a ton of stuff or anything like that to increase staff. It's just because of what happened last year and everybody coming back, this is kind of where we are right now with the staff. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of piggyback on you talking about the dining plans because Disney did talk about a lot of things coming back with the resorts um, last week, and two of them were as far as access to the parks. The first one is starting on October 1st, and I think that's going to be a statement that we say basically every week until October 1st. Um, starting on October 1st, the early park access for resort guests starts. So this is going to be at every park every morning for a half hour for people that are staying on site at Disney resorts or in those good neighbor and Disney Springs uh, resorts that they um, extend this to as well. Um, the other thing that they're going to be bringing in, and this is something kind of new for deluxe resort and villa guests, is going to be um, the ability to stay after hours at select parks on select nights. Now, they haven't given an exact date on this. They're saying early October. I'm going to guess it's October 1st. Um, <laughs> it just kind of goes with everything else. And this is going to be for those, you know, like I said, resort guests and villa residents that they are going to be able to stay at the parks after hours as well. And, um, you know, I would imagine that this is going to coincide with Boobash a little bit and stuff like that. So they're going to be moving these parks around to get away from the Boobash nights at Magic Kingdom. So as they start announcing that stuff, I think it's going to be interesting to see because that gives the, the, the deluxe resorts a little bit more value at this point, having those extra hours in the morning and in the evening if you plan your days well. Um, then with the nighttime shows, you know, my, my kind of statement for tonight is we're getting close, but what's happening with everything else? Two big omissions right now at Walt Disney World are Phantasmic and Typhoon Lagoon. Phantasmic has been drained for quite a while. They did have some permits to do some work, but according to overhead pictures, there hasn't been any work done and it just continues to be drained. Typhoon Lagoon is almost going into disrepair. They've had a hillside collapse. They've had a lot of things happen at Typhoon Lagoon. It is completely empty. Um, and I saw today a, a rumor and it doesn't necessarily pertain to Fantasmic, but maybe to Typhoon Lagoon. And the rumor was that does Disney make Typhoon Lagoon, completely redo Typhoon Lagoon to rival Vol Volcano Bay and completely close um, Blizzard Beach? They should. 
I think they should. The only thing. Well, I don't know about that. Blizzard Beach. Blizzard Beach. So on that topic, another word of opening. Um, Winter Summerland Mini Golf is reopening very, very soon. It might actually already have reopened. Op- open um, Summerland open the first. Winter open the third. Yeah. So they opened over the weekend. Uh, Winter Summerland is the mini golf. It's got two 18-hole mini golf courses, and it's on the front corner of Blizzard Beach's parking lot. So I like Blizzard Beach's theme, you know, the whole it's winter, but we're in Florida type of thing. And and the Winter Summerland course kind of mirrors um, that as well. But I would be a fan because Typhoon Lagoon, when you look at it, it's no different than to use some things around us. It's no different than Holiday World. Um, you know, it's no different than, I think, uh, what's the one on Six Flags? I think it's called Typhoon Lagoon up at Six Flags, Hurricane Harbor. Sorry. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Six Flags Great America has Hurricane Harbor. Cedar Point has a, they all have water parks. And really, if you look at Typhoon Lagoon, outside of a little bit of intellectual property in there, it's pretty much just a water park. And uh, there are definitely better water parks to go to in uh, in the state of Florida. So, I think using this time and not bringing it back, assuming that you can get the the water park guests into Blizzard Beach comfortably without, you know, killing wait times or anything like that. Uh, I don't see why you wouldn't take this. Or better idea, rip it down and build that fifth theme park that centers around Marvel. Or villains. Oh, ew, both. Well, Marvel and in villain. <laughs> All right, uh, next topic. Run Disney officially announces dates for in-person runs. Um, this is pretty big news because when you think about Run Disney, you're thinking about corralling 30,000 people for a run. Um, it's, a, it's a relatively large amount of people in a very small space. There, there's going to be some modifications, I would imagine. But they've announced the first four runs that are coming back. And the first one is going to be in November of this year. And it is the Wine and Dine on the 4th through the 7th of this year in November. The Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend is early January. uh, January 1st through 9th of 22. The Disney Princess Half Marathon Weekend is February 24th through the 27th of 22. And the Springtime Surprise marathon weekend is the 31st of march through april the 3rd um good to get those back um if you've been down there during a marathon the marathon runners don't actually clog up the parks as much as you think they would because it is a lot of people coming in and it's actually a good time to visit for a park goer because a lot of times the 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 marathon runners are in and out of the parks relatively quick and with the marathons, you know, especially on like Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, they've got multiple runs throughout the weekend. They've got a 5K, they've got a 10K, they've got a half, and they've got a full marathon. So you're going to have a lot of different skill level runners in there as well. Uh, Peter, what are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, all of the events have multiple runs. Um, even the Wine and Dine has a 5K, a 10K, and a half. Um and like you said, they don't really clog up the parks all that much, but they do clog up the hotels. Yes. Um, so it is a good time, as Matt said, to get down there because the park admission will be a little bit down, but it might still be a little bit difficult for you because the hotel reservations might be a little complicated to get. Um, I'm looking forward. So I want to run. So I, I am a runner. Um, 
for I don't think anybody in the podcast really knows this, but I've ran several half marathons, several full marathons. I ran cross country and all that stuff all the way through high school. Um, so I'm still a runner and I, I want to go down and I want to run Disney and I haven't done it yet. And I just so happens that that springtime surprise is the weekend that I arrived for spring break. So I am, we are driving and we, we don't check into our hotel until Saturday, but I am seriously considering finding a way to be down there by Friday evening so that uh, I can, I can do that. And um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens there, but uh, might want to, but the half marathon would be on Saturday and the full would be on Sunday. So I could still arrive on Saturday if I want to kill myself on Sunday. <laughs> Full marathons are uh, It's exciting. Again, everything that we say, hey, it's back to normal. Hey, this is coming back. It's exciting. Uh, they are still offering a virtual option. So uh, I do expect capacity to be more limited. But Disney will also make all of their marathon money because they're offering a virtual option. So yeah. <clears throat> you sign up, you you submit your time and your medal comes in the mail. Woohoo. Yep. Uh Coco Pay like twenty dollars less than somebody who goes in person. <laughs> Coco scene being added to the Philhar Magic. <laughs> um, this just tells me Coco's not getting Mexico. I that that's why I'm shaking my head. <laughs> Coco's going to get a scene in the Philhar Magic, both at uh, Disneyland and Walt Disney World. The Disneyland one will be up and running on July the 17th. Disney World, later this year, October 1st. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't say October 1st, but I'm just going to put it out there. I'm speculating October 1st. <laughs> uh, but it looks like a cool little scene. Um, the Poco Loco... Uh, segment of Coco, if you're familiar with the film, and Donald is going to crash into that scene. Uh, again, I think this is, hey, look, Coco has something at the parks. Quit yelling about it not being in Mexico. <laughs> that is, by the way, for the viewers who see me shaking my head in a dismayed manner, that's why I'm shaking my head in a very dismayed manner, because I think it is at just Mexico. Three Caballeros, it's a great ride, but it is dated. The screens are old. There isn't much going on. There's not much to be excited about. You could go in there and you can make a cocoa theme, and the next thing you know, what becomes a tranquil boat ride becomes a very, very entertaining <clears throat> voyage through there. Whenever I ride Three Caballeros, I basically say small world knockoff. Because you get through the opening screens and TVs, and then you come into this, like, you're, you're out in, a, you know, a street in Mexico at night, and there's this big party going on and, and all of that. And I just sit there and I look at all the little marionette dolls and I go, small world knockoff. Yes, yes. Like, there's no reason why Coco's not there. It's awesome that it's being added to Fill Her Magic. I have no problem with it being added to Fill Her Magic. I am shaking my head because when I saw... Coco being added. I was like, hell yeah, yeah. We designed the ride. Close it for a year. I don't even care. And then, no, we're adding it to fill her magic. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, they got you. They got you. They did. Um, Faked me out. Yeah, uh, again, I'm with Peter on this one. I, 
yes, Coco needs to have some IP in the park. Coco needs to be a, a meet and greet during uh, Boo Bash or whatever that's going to be. But um, yeah, I, I, it, it deserves it deserves a full dark ride in the Mexico Pavilion, um, and it should be the, the the next thing that gets done after. You know, the Moana stuff gets done after Guardians gets done, after they knock the dust off of Ratatouille and actually let people ride it. Um, so, um, I, yeah, the, the Coco, at, Coco in Mexico thing needs to, needs to happen. Um, of rides that you just mentioned, the giant crane was disassembled yesterday on Tron Light Cycle Coaster. Yeah, yeah, I... Uh, I saw that. So, so big, no big more major of... track pieces, or yeah. like they're all moving. So now it's all inside because yeah. all the big stuff's up. Awesome, awesome. Uh, let's let's get to this um, this Paris thing that happened this morning. So Disneyland Paris all of a sudden retired their Fast Pass system, like their regular Fast Pass system, and instituted a pay to ride system. So it's premier access, right? That's what they're calling it. Premier yeah, access. Yeah. Let, let's be original. You have Disney plus premier access. And now you've got Disney at the parks, premier access. They just, it's makes sense to me. As long as it keep, as long as it costs 30 bucks and they stay consistent. It doesn't. Um, this costs starting at nine Euro per person per ride. Right. To get these, premier access tickets which are basically fast pass tickets so that you get to cut the line um this is the nickel and dime stuff that i've been worried about since the parks reopened you know they, they've got to do something with fast pass but to take it away from the resort guest as a added benefit of their stay this really because you know they're not going to lower the price 30 dollars a night which is roughly what the three fast passes that you would get for one person equals in Paris right now. They won't they won't take that off your room, but they're gonna add this additional cost. You know, what what are you thinking on this? Boy, whole mixture of things. Um, so first of all, Tokyo did this when they reopened. They just did it quietly and nobody said a word. So Tokyo did this a year ago. Just for the record. So um, Disneyland Paris is really just following what uh, what Disneyland Tokyo did when they reopened. Um, they have this premier access thing. Uh, it's also, I don't know, I'm like, I'm torn. Because if you look at the list, it's basically like the best six or seven rides in Disneyland Paris, right? Mm -hmm. So what that means is the Fast Pass system is gone and you have to pay to get the premier access to the the hot ticket rides but by doing this doesn't that make the ride lines shorter for all of the other rides not on this list and worst case scenario keeps the ride lines consistent for all of these premier access rides if not even shortens the lines because now people has to like people have to pay to get what was being given away for free so if i'm in the standby line 
wouldn't it wouldn't it stand a reason if I'm in the standby line and the fast passes are free, there would be more people skipping me than if I'm in the standby line and people have to pay to get up there. Correct. But I mean, look, look at how the parks have operated here stateside since they've reopened without a fast pass. Yeah. And queue times have been consistent, but you're looking at much lower crowds. Yeah. Now, as you look oh, you're at- also loading the cars, you know, like now they're increasing capacity, but they're also loading the cars more. So wait times are staying pretty steady yeah. with the uh, with the increase. Now, to be fair, just Disneyland has been charging for fast passes for years. So Disneyland, you could get but this before the shutdown, obviously. You could get a fast pass, but the only way to get a fast pass was to walk up to the ride entrance and go to a little kiosk next to it, push a button and get a ticket for whatever time was printed on it. If you paid $30 per person per day, you could get max pass. Mm -hmm. And what max pass allowed you to do was install the max pass onto your phone and with the Max Pass, you can now use your phone app to book fast passes, move fast passes around. There was like once you book, there was a cool down time. Like if I got Mission Breakout Guardians of the Galaxy, I'd have like an hour cool down time. But if I got Small World, I'd have like a 15 minute cool down time. Okay. Right. So I paid the money. For Max Pass because I'm used to Disney World and I am a savant at moving around fast passes through my day. You know, like, and I went to Disneyland and I, I could park hop and the Max Pass was able to be, you know, I could book over in Disneyland and then book the next one over in California Adventure and then book the next one in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the days I had like 17 fast passes and and didn't wait in a single standby line. Um, because I paid for Max Pass. So it's concerning because I would hate to go to Disney World and feel like, oh, now I got to pay $5 if I want to skip the line in Seven Doors. Now I got to pay another $5 if I want to skip the line in Splash Mountain. And now I got to pay another $5 because I want to skip the. That would be very, very disheartening and annoying. Um, so, but if they did a system you know, like California, that would be okay. If, if anything, I would I would favor that because ride lines would drop across the board and the fast passes would still be available. If anything, it's better because if you book a Disney vacation at Disney World two weeks out, good luck getting anything meaningful. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're, you're going to be using your fast passes on Small World, Barnstormer, and... Well, and, and, and World had an uh, a pay for fast pass system as well, but you had to be staying in club level. And basically, what they let you do is they let you buy an additional fast pass for each person each night. Right. Um. So, I I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this because, again, I I feel like the benefits of being a resort guest are really get, being stripped away. You know. You think about before the shutdown, you had extra magic hours, and those weren't a half hour prior to. It was an hour yeah. in the in the morning, two hours at night. I mean, it was a significant amount of time 
that you got extra from a regular guest. Plus you had the transportation, which is still there, but it's terrible right now. Disney transportation is horrid if you're trying to catch a bus. It, it is almost imperative to stay on a Skyliner resort. And the Skyliners have been spotty at best since it reopened. Um, there's been at least a shutdown every week. And if you've ever been at Epcot at closing when the Skyliner shuts down, yeah. A, you get to walk from wherever you are all the way to the back to realize that the Skyliner has broken down. Then you get to walk all the way to the front and wait an hour on your bus. Um, because... Or just walk. Well, if you're at a... I mean, I, I don't know that the walk is that great from Epcot to, like, Caribbean Beach or something like that. It's not bad. It is worse if you're going to Pop Century or Art, but going to Ep from Epcot to Caribbean Beach or Riviera is not hard. You just need to start walking towards Hollywood Studios and then walk up the embankment onto the uh, road sidewalk. Oh, yeah. And actually, yeah. you got to walk the actual sidewalks instead of predetermined pathways. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was announced with the Disneyland Paris thing was um, annual pass holder sales are coming back on June the 15th for Paris. Um, so that, I feel like that slept, slipped under the radar a little bit today because everybody was up in arms about the paid fast pass thing. But I, I, I think this is a good sign for annual passes to start coming back. I know it's a sore subject with you. <laughs> you see, so I, this is unsubstantiated, Hollywood Studios from like 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. or something like that sold annual passes to people the other day. Apparently. Again, unsubstantiated, I, but I don't know. So uh, there were some things that I saw on social media about it, like, sweet, I got my annual pass. It was awesome. Although it was chaos because we were at the busiest park and there was only a one-hour window and there were limited numbers. So I don't. I don't know if it's true or not, but um, yeah, that would be weird. Yeah, I told so on on to more on topic. It does bode well. I called the other day trying. I mentioned this on Thursday, but I called the other day trying to get my annual pass back because we're going for eight days, and I only bought five day tickets. And I'd like to book park reservations for those other three days. If I can get an annual pass in, I'll get park reservations, so that way I can just kind of go and call it good when I want to call it good. Uh, there's a couple of days that we're planning on going to the water parks and we're going to go play foot golf and mini golf and, and other stuff that Park Hopper Pluses bring. And uh, so we're, I'm looking forward to those things and I bought Boobash tickets. So, you know, but uh, it bodes well. But I, I already told Jesse, I was like, listen, if it gets to October and they still don't have fast or don't have annual passes back, I'm going to walk into guest services and I'm going to plead my case. And if they tell me no, you're going to see a side of me at Disney that's never been seen before. <laughs> because it just doesn't make, it does not make any sense if I can't buy annual passes when I'm DVC and I have a reservation in October and another one in April. And I want to book a, a I want to book a honey uh, anniversary reservation as well. Like it's enough to make me then cancel my spring break, roll my points forward and say, screw it, I'll wait until I'll have done my 50th anniversary celebration 
I'll say, fine, I'm going to wait till you guys get your heads out of your buttholes. And uh, as, as I, I, I will, like, I'm, I'm tired of just dealing with, because I'm, I'm trying not to take it out on the cast members I talk to. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I'm very frustrated, but I also know that theirs is a very thankless job. So I do my best to explain, listen, I'm not upset at you at all. Um, you know, try to be as polite and cordial as possible with those individuals. But, I mean, I will be in person. And I will be in guest services. And if I am told by the front line, I I will be talking to the next line. Like it is it is that simple. So, but yes, the fact that they're coming back in Disneyland Paris bodes well. It'll still be interesting to see what Disneyland does because they have no pass holders right now. Um, they bought everybody out. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what their system looks like. I kind of talked with that. Um, with a cast member on the phone about that the other day while I was talking about my annual pass and um, just well, it is exciting that they're coming back to Paris. It, it's weird at Disneyland because Disneyland uh, released a ticket offer today for California residents, but it didn't include local zip codes. So it's $83 a day um, for a three-day ticket. So it, it's like a savings of 30% over three days. Um, and it was select zip codes. And when I started looking at all the zip codes, it was like no Anaheim zip codes, no LA zip. It was just really, really weird how they did it. And, and, and there's this push for Disneyland not to be a locals park. And then they're going to do stunts like this and say, ah, you know, F you locals. <laughs> We oh, they're, they're ramping hard on getting and I I kind of get it so here's here's my point back to that that I, I just thought about they are pushing really hard to get people to come visit Disneyland yes like pushing really really hard there are some there are some deals up they've reopened their hotels all the other hotels in the area are are offering low night rates and all this all this other stuff. And like you just said, they are actively, basically, we can agree, they are actively saying, if you live in L.A. or Anaheim, we don't care if you're here or not. Correct. Right? That's that's basically this move. I think the economy is really hurting, and they really need tourism from non-local. You know, it's like people on the podcast listening to this wouldn't understand. You would. It's like Anderson when GM left. Correct. Right. The money in Anderson, Indiana just goes from the server at B-dubs to the cashier at McDonald's to the cashier at Big Lots to, right? Like, yeah. There's not really a lot. They get a little bit of interstate traffic, but that's about it. And I think Disneyland's basically kind of doing the same thing. They want cash from not the Anaheim area because... They need that. I mean, that's a huge tourism hub. The conference center is one of the largest in the nation that um, not at Disneyland, but a mile down the road. That's where I stayed when I went was at the conference center down there. That's been shut down for a year and a half. Right. The parks have been shut down for a year. You got to imagine that all of that area is just hanging on by a thread and they need an influx of cash, not from local people. 
correct. I mean, and it's and they also want people that are going to stay all day and eat there and and get souvenirs and make it, you know, a once in a few months or once a year trip and not, hey, let's go for a couple hours in the morning, ride a couple of rides and then get lunch on our way home. Right. And call it a day. And I, I think that's what they're trying to do with this ticket is they just don't want that business. And. Well, in the grand scheme of things, it's not business, right? If they're annual pass holders that hit the gates in the morning during summer and then bail at lunchtime or walk out to their car to eat their lunch and then come back in, you know, annual pass holders, especially at Disneyland. Now, annual pass holders at Disney World are different, right? Because there's not as much right there. You're talking L.A. and Anaheim is, you know, one of the top three most densely populated areas in the nation yeah but i mean world's annual pass population is a lot more scattered throughout the united states right and when they come they're likely going to stay at resort or they're going to at least stay off-site in a condo or whatever and then hit the park all day or be staying somewhere so they're giving them money plus they're ordering groceries from the local grocery store in and yeah, and a lot of times you get that double dip because you get the you have a DVC contract and an annual pass. So Disney's getting that double dip in the money every time that one We're of literally them. talking about what I want to be, but they won't let me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Peter, you you have anything else to talk about from around the parks? I'm just I'm super pumped. I I'm waiting for a Guardians of the Galaxy release date. Right, that ride's got to be done. Um, they're still working on the exterior. They, they still have it as 2022. I know. I, I really think it's something that could be su- a surprise at the 50th. It Maybe, but you're right. I mean, I know, but the ride itself feels like it's done. Yeah, I would imagine so. The ride vehicles are there. That building has been done for, what, two years now, it feels like. The big blue building where the actual ride is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they could still be working on the front facade and the queue line immersion and and all of I that know, stuff. I know they just poured finished the pour for the foundation of that <laughs> ship, that spaceship that's going out in front of the ride. Um, so once that installation's done, I would imagine it's just queue line and just from there, it's 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 very minimal things at that point. So yeah, I mean we're waiting on that, but I mean it's it's we've got to be really really close. Um, Have you heard anything about Space Two Twenty? I know you're its biggest fan. So it is it is looking like October first. Um, they are hiring kind of those last pieces, servers, um, waits, the bartenders, bussers. Um, all those types of positions are... I'm going to go in October and piss you off. What's that? I'm going to go in October and I'm going to, like, FaceTime you and walk around and be like, don't you wish you were here, man? I'll, 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 I'll end the call. I'll just continually <laughs> end call, end call, end call, end call. Hey, Matt, guess where I'm checking into? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's all I've got from around the parks. Um, it's um, it's still busy. We're still getting a lot of news, and I think it's it's we're going to get more and more news um, as we get closer to the fiftieth. Um, I think the big one is the release of dining plans. I would imagine that we hear something uh, probably by the end of the month. 
I hope so. I want those back by October so bad. Yeah, and then, you know, I was talking to Shannon about it a little bit, and to me, if they do release the dining plans um, by the end of the month, you look at that 120-day window, that puts you right up against October 1st. The 60-day window. Or the 60-day, yeah, 60-day window. Puts you up against October 1st. Yeah, August 1st is the October 1st date. Yeah. Yep. So, so, you know, and then from, from that, you can book through basically December if they go to 120 days. So, because that was the original, you could book 120 out if you had a resort reservation. And that's the other thing about fast passes. How do fast passes come back? So the fast passes have got to be on the horizon as well, because they have put back all the fast pass kiosks around all the parks. Yeah, and they yeah. covered them and they're ready to go. Yeah, they're, they're just sitting there. So why would they put those back? You know, it, it's got to be there, but I'm so, they've got to do something because right now dining is 60 days out. While resort guests would get to put fast passes 60 days out, that would be an unwinnable that would be like a kobayashi maru i know star trek is not disney but that would be an unwinnable situation for somebody the morning of 60 days out to get their dining and fast passes in a way that would not cause a completely negative experience like stressful oh yeah whatever anxiety whatever you want to call it so how does Disney push back dining and open fast passes? Like there's a logistical nightmare right now because, so I think the first thing that's going to have to happen is they're going to have to say, Hey, you can book 90 days out for dining now. And they'll just have to open a whole month all at once. Correct. And then, and then they can say, okay, fast passes are open. You can book them 60 days out. You know, once they open up dining and give it a week or two, then they could reopen fast passes. But hey, fast passes might reopen where you have to pay for admission to Seven Dwarfs, Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Peter Pan. I would not pay for Peter Pan. Just for the record. I just I, I don't I don't I see not. I Disney caved on noodles at Ohana. There is no way that they bring these these paid fast passes to Walt Disney World and deal with the backlash that they're going to get from Disney fans. Yeah, I I agree, and I hope that's the case. Now, I again, like I said, I would not be opposed to something like Disneyland um, getting instituted at Disney World. That that was an okay system where the fast passes are not able to be booked until day of. Mm-hmm. And you either have to go to the kiosk or the ride. Like maybe that's why the kiosks are back. You got to go wait in line at a kiosk in order to get your three fast passes booked, or you got to go to a kiosk to get one at a time or whatever, or you can pay a little extra and get a max pass so that you can access fast passes through your phone. I'd be okay with something like that. Because a lot of people would pay for that little bit. It's kind of like a bust yeah, of the you're, you're, saying little, a little you're saying little bit, but a family of four, if, you, if you're going to each park, 
that's an extra $500 that you're paying to have the ability to ride the rides in a fast pass setting. I think what it, so I'm trying to remember the exact cost. I, I don't believe it was 30 per day. But still, you, you, I mean, you are right. Your point is valid because even I think it might have been like $10 per day or it was $30 flat rate. But still, if it's $10 per day on a five-day ticket in a family of four, that's 200 bucks. If it's $30 per person in a family of four, it's 120 bucks. It's, it's a meal, right? Yeah, at least. Like, oh, now I don't get to go to a meal. Yeah, or it's cutting your, your trip a day short at Pop Century or... There, there's a lot of things that that money could go to that it's going to get spent at the parks anyway. It's not it's not like that's going to be an addition to. That's going to be money that a lot of people take away from something that something else they were going to do at the parks. It's not like if you added Ultimate Day of Thrills or something like that to where it was an additional cost that you still you added that to your trip this is something that i feel like for the normal disney goer is going to force them to cancel a sit down reservation cancel that extra night at a hotel and maybe they don't have a pool day or a disney springs day and the revenue that comes in with disney springs you know i think there's a lot more to it that you know it that the paid fast pass system really is a deterrent for me when I think about, you know, a client like I was when I started going to Disney. It was, I agree with you. It was one of my, it's still one of my big selling points when um, clients are always shocked when they go, yeah, can you tell me how do I get the uh, ride access? You know, like what Kings Island does with like the, and I go, oh, well, that's actually included. You know, it's included. I'm going to book three of them for you. We'll talk about your preferences and I'll get your first three booked. And as soon as you scan in for your third, you can go on the app and try to get a fourth and see what's available. That's always a, it's always like a, Oh, well, that's kind of nice that I'm going to a theme park and they're including this thing. Cause really, if you talk about like Kings Island, if you also do that flash pass or whatever they call it there, if you spend your $60 on admission and then you pay for that, you paid like 150 bucks to be there that day. Yeah, because it's like $79 a person. Crazy. I mean, think about the one at Universal is insane now. It is. Yeah, and that's a huge deterrent. Like, I didn't do that when I was at Universal. And you get upset at the people that did because you're like, ah, geez, I mean, whatever. Like, you want to make that. You know, but it's the same thing. It's like, okay, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to go and just skip all these ride lines? Or am I going to go and also go to this meal and get this butter beer? And, yeah. you know, it was the same thing that I had to think about when I went to Universal. Yeah. All right. Well, Peter, thanks for being on the show. Um, if you are out there, if you're listening, if you're watching, definitely get in touch with us if you're ready to book your trip um, at PATM Disney Travel over on Facebook. Um or at DPI Podcast, either either one of those Facebook pages. Let us know what you want to do, and let us help you book a really good Disney vacation. I mean, we talk about turning Disney dreams into magical Disney vacations. That's kind of what got us started on this, and that's what we want to do for you. So, um, Peter, again, thank you for coming on, bud, and I will talk to you later.
right, well, Peter's back on because apparently I don't have that screen set up on my new thing yet, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so now I'm back and good show tonight. Lots of lots of stuff going on. Sorry for the Porg screen because that's my transition to me right now because the kids really like it. Uh, but... Uh, Let's go ahead and get to the closing screens, and uh, thank you guys all for watching tonight. Hey, guests tonight, we actually had a guest. Peter from Princesses and the Mouse Disney Travel was on. If you are looking at booking a trip, Princesses and the Mouse is the place to go at PATM Disney Travel. podcast we're growing and gaining steam definitely want to check us out over the Bye now.